It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network is your host, Brady Trent. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm finally healthy. Friday, I woke up and I could not talk. So apologies, no Friday podcast. I didn't get a chance to talk about the Thunder going down to San Antonio and getting a victory. I just, I figured you guys wouldn't want to hear me talk like this the whole time. I, I don't know what I got. I mean, it's probably just drainage. And I know that's a little bit of TMI for everybody out there, but uh, tis the season for colds, tis the season for congestion, and I've been trying my best to stay hydrated because um, I do podcasts all the time, but they're typically at the end of the day when I've been running around, so everything that's, you know, if it's in the back of my throat or if it's in my nose, my ears, whatever, it's, it's had all day to go down. Doing a podcast during the morning, trying to get it out before noon or one or so, uh, when you're dealing with all that cold, yucky stuff, it's kind of a pain in the rear end. So apologies, everybody, but I feel a little bit better, so let's get right down to it. If you still don't know who I am, Brady Trantham, covering the Thunder since 2014, 2018 with 107.7 The Franchise in OKC, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa. You can follow us all over the place on Twitter. Um the franchise or I believe it's just at franchise okay you can also follow me on Twitter at Brady does sports and that way you can find this podcast my other podcast OKC 82 that I do with Madison Morris which is more of a post-game reaction to every single Oklahoma City Thunder game so it'll complement this podcast really well and you can also tune into 107.7 the franchise 107.9 in Tulsa Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. to noon Uh, John Hamm Jerry Ramsey Madison and myself We join together, talk hoops, talk Thunder basketball from 10 a.m. till noon on the Franchise Thunder Insider Show. And like I always say, if you're not in the market and you still want to listen to that show, because we do have a lot of fun. I mean, John Hamm brings his knowledge. Jerry Ramsey is talented. I have to say that. He's my boss. He he is talented. Madison is amazing. I'm there, but you can listen. We have a lot of fun doing the show, but if you're not in the market, Feel free to download 107.7 The Franchise's app. It's free, really easy to use. You just download it, hit play, and then you're good to go. You can also find all my columns, blogs, and whatever the crap I write down at thefranchiseok.com. It's all free. And please, do yourself a favor and check out my 2018-19 Oklahoma City Thunder versus the 2019-20 Oklahoma City Thunder game play-by-play story. I had a lot of fun writing this thing. Um, I've had fans on Twitter, I've had, I've had people ask me even in person, what team is more fun to watch? What team is better? What team is blah, 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 you know, comparing the last few years. So the Russell Westbrook led thunder against this team, Chris Paul, Shea Gildas, Alexander, Danil Gallinari and company. And it inspired me to write a kind of for fun fan fantasy science fiction type story where I break down, you know, like four or five moments in each quarter what the score is what's going on between 
this year's Oklahoma City Thunder when they take on last year's Oklahoma City Thunder. I had a lot of fun writing it. It was kind of long, so I broke it down into pages. So if you go to the article, um, it's a little bit easier format-wise. It's just four pages long, so you just read some, then click next page, blah, blah, blah. It's, re- it's a little bit quicker that way, in my opinion. I'll go ahead and read from the uh, beginning just to give you guys a uh, – if you're, if you're just sitting there going, eh, I don't know about this. This sounds stupid. <laughs> um, some of the things that I think of are kind of stupid sometimes, so I don't blame you, but – in an effort to maybe steer you into that direction of checking it out, I will go ahead and read just the opening paragraphs just to kind of set the story. At this point last year, the Oklahoma City Thunder were 25-13. and 13. They had star power and the appeal of a Michael Bay direct-to-streaming film. Explosions, exaggerated character traits, masquerading as personality, and a wisecracking New Zealander. Now the Oklahoma City Thunder are 20-15. and 15. To keep with the field comparison, this squad can be an unfinished Wes Anderson screenplay without the dysfunction. Chris Paul stars as Anderson's frequent collaborating character, Darius Baisley is the new featured player, and Danilo Gallinari can be the six foot ten Italian bellhop in a Genevan hostel. Two different teams with two different records. More importantly, different expectations, which is important to remember when the inevitable fan question of which team is better comes about. It really depends on the phrasing of your question. Do you mean which team is more enjoyable to watch? which team is more entertaining, or which team makes me want to break my TV more? This article will deal with the question of which team would win, the 2018-19 Thunder or the 2019-20 Thunder. To make things fair, Paul George is healthy. Andre Robertson remains in rehab purgatory. Billy Donovan is still a good coach, and the in-house arena music is stuck in pre-2019 staleness. Other silly things like, Why are the players on both teams their respective ages, but current-day Thunder players aren't a year younger? Or anyone hating on the science fiction genre will just be ignored. Also, there are no coaches' challenges. Let's do this. So there, I basically read you half of the first page, so go check it out at thefranchiseok.com. I had a lot of fun writing it. It's been getting some good traction on Twitter. Uh, Feel free to retweet it. I would appreciate that. But yeah, check it out. And one more quick programming note. I am so excited for this Wednesday's crossover edition, and you all should be too. Um, The only tease that I'll give this one, and it probably will give it away, um, I'll just say this. We all know who's coming to town this Thursday, right? And the Rockets pretty much announced that Russell Westbrook is going to play Thursday night in Oklahoma City. It's the second night of a back-to-back for Houston, and they've been resting Russell on the back end of back-to-backs. And I, I think for obvious reasons, Russell is going to play that night. The Rockets pretty much just confirmed it earlier today. Uh, but for Wednesday's edition, it's a little connected to Mr. Russell Westbrook. So I'm excited for that one. We're going to record this tomorrow on Tuesday, have it out ready for Wednesday, uh, right around noon. I'll put that out there. So uh, just get ready for that, everybody. I'm excited for it. And it wasn't played over the weekend. So let's just quickly dive into the Thunder's win over the San Antonio Spurs back on Thursday. Oklahoma City defeated San Antonio 109-103. to And it was a uh, thoroughly well-played game by the Thunder, except for the second quarter on the offensive end. And the only reason I say that is because they did not allow LaMarcus Aldridge to go, go off on them. And if you guys remember, I pretty much said at the beginning of the episode on Thursday, yeah, just go ahead and accept that LaMarcus Aldridge is going to drop 40. It's just LaMarcus Aldridge, Oklahoma City, something's going to happen. And... 
that particular night. Marcus Aldridge didn't have a bad game by any means. 22 points, 12 rebounds. But you've got to credit Steven Adams, Danilo Gilinari, Nerlens Noel, all the bigs for the Oklahoma City Thunder. You could tell early on Billy Donovan's entire point of this game was do not let him get open. Do not let him get his comfort zone uh, 15 feet around the rim, 15 feet away from the rim. Don't let him hit a bunch of easy shots early and then let it trickle down through the beginning of the game. Everything LaMarcus Aldridge scored or hit that night, he certainly had to work for. And it really helped the Thunder put their foot on the th- on the Spurs' throat in the second half, uh, outscoring the Spurs 63-48 to in the second half, a 35-point fourth quarter. Uh, we're led by Chris Paul, especially late in the game. Chris Paul just really took it home for him. But Shagos Alexander, 25 points. It's just more of the same, everybody. I mean, we've been talking about it over the last few podcasts, it feels like, especially uh, back on Wednesday when Eric Horn from, from The Athletic jumped on. Shea, Shea's starting to figure it out. And spoiler alert, if you haven't, if you didn't know, the Thunder won their next game after San Antonio and they defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers. Shea Gildas-Alexander is just really starting to understand how good he is. And you really saw it on the road against the Spurs. And look, I mean, the Spurs are not the Spurs of old. They're not even the Spurs of last year. They're not even the Spurs of two years ago. They're in a rebuilding process just like the Thunder. It's a little bit of a different situation, of course, but they still have talent and they're still the Spurs and it's still a game on the road. The the Thunder haven't won in San Antonio. I can't remember. They didn't win last year. I don't even think they won the year prior to that. So to get a win on the road in the NBA, it's it's never nothing to sneeze at. And with the Thunder just after that win, they were 19-15, winners of eight of their last nine games. It's just incredible and what this team has been able to do. Like the, the problems that we all talked about to, to begin the season, the problems on the road, the problems in the third quarter, they've corrected them and they've really built on some momentum gained by beating some of these bad teams like Chicago and Memphis and then beating teams like L.A. that are going to be t- contending for the NBA championship this year. So a good win for the Thunder. But again, that wasn't over the weekend. We'll get back. We will get to a weekend in review. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When we get back, the weekend in review. Welcome back to the Locked On Thunder podcast with Brady Trantham, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now for the weekend in review for the Oklahoma City Thunder only one game. The Thunder do play tonight, by the way, against the Philadelphia 76ers on the road, and then they will play the second out of a back-to-back tomorrow night against the Brooklyn Nets. That's Kevin Durant's current team. He is not playing. Neither will Kyrie Irving because because of reasons, but we'll get into that later, probably tomorrow, but who cares. No, the Oklahoma City Thunder went to Cleveland and took care of business 
very well, I might add, 121 to 106 over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Thunder fans, I, I talk about this all the time, and again, I don't really want to seem like I'm against tanking. I'm against um, losing for the benefit of the future because that is certainly important, and the Thunder are probably going to do to do that at some point. As of right now, they are not doing this. They are now 20 and 15, secured in the seventh spot at least in the Western Conference uh, standings right now. There are actually two games, two and a half games, I believe, out of the sixth seed. Two games, two and a half games separated out of the sixth seed. Dallas keeps losing. The Thunder have already beaten them. Uh, So it's something to keep an eye on if the Thunder keep winning. They could very well climb the standings, which I didn't think was possible a few weeks ago. Anything higher than the seventh seed I didn't think was possible. But, no, they go down to Cleveland and take care of business. Danilo Gallinari with 19 points. Terrence Ferguson had his best game in it seems like three weeks, 13 points, just basically hit his shots. Uh, Steven Adams with a double-double, 10 points, 16 rebounds. Uh, Dennis Schroeder led the Thunder with 22 points. Uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander had another 20-point outing with 20 points and 7 rebounds. Uh, This is a few games after registering his first double-double this season. Uh, I believe it was against the Spurs, uh, 26 points. 10 rebounds. It's a little interesting considering he hasn't had a double-double just yet, but you'd think with his length, his physicality, he's going to be able to gobble up plenty of double-digit rebounding games in the near future. Also of note, Darius Baisley had what I thought was a very good start to the game. He had nine points and seven rebounds, so he really put his imprint on the box score, at least from that standpoint. He was playing back in his native Ohio, so I'm sure that that was a fun game for him. Uh, Darius Baisley... It seems like every single game, he does something a little bit new, and it, it's not necessarily like he, he does a new move or he hits the offensive glass hard. It's just he's starting to he's starting to get a better feel for how to impact the game alongside of his teammates, and that's probably one of the more tougher adjustments that a rookie has to make. Um, because you can be as talented as like a Hamadou Diallo, for instance, where Billy Donovan told me a few weeks ago. Uh, last year's rookie, Hamadou Diallo, was elite at two things, running the floor and offensive rebounding. And when opponents adjust to you and you're only you're only really good at you know a few things, it's easier to take your impact out of the game. Whereas, um, in his words, Darius Basley is really good at a lot of different things. And you can see that just by him playing. But the next step for a rookie is always, okay, well, how do I mesh my talents with... When I'm on the floor with Chris Paul, when I'm on the floor with Dennis Schroeder, when I'm on the floor with Nerlens Noel, that it's so difficult. I mean, just anybody that has played pickup basketball, you know, you can play pickup basketball all day long with your friends, and you've played with your friends forever, so you know where they want to find you. You know where you're going to find them on the floor. But if you get thrown around with some different with some different guys, some different girls, you're learning on the fly, and it's so hard to really maximize your talent. So Darius Baisley, kudos to you. Really starting to make an impact with ran, with different lineups on the floor, so that's good moving forward. The story, although, from this game, uh, the Thunder, you know, they answered a lot of Cavs runs. I think the Cavs made a run in the first half. They certainly made a run at the end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter where they got – I think it was an 11-0 run. They got it down to about a six-point deficit, and the Thunder uh, took control and never really looked back from that point. Um, But Kevin Love, not happy in Cleveland. (laughs) Um, But going back to the tanking thing, um, Thunder fans, this is what you're wanting. If, If you're still wanting the Thunder to trade everybody and to just suck and not make the playoffs, and look, again, I'm not saying that that's wrong or right, but this is what you're hoping for. You're hoping for a situation like Cleveland where everybody doesn't like each other because losing sucks. 
Losing sucks really bad, and it brings out the worst in everybody. Kevin Love is pissed off. And I, I know he put out a sweet little Instagram post after that game, but, I mean, we all saw what we saw. He was not happy being on the floor with those guys. Now, if the Thunder tank and if the Thunder start trading everybody, I'm not saying that I'm not saying Steven Adams is going to hate playing in Oklahoma City. I'm not going to say that the Thunder are going to be as bad as the Cleveland Cavaliers. Every situation is different, but remember, be careful what you wish for when you just simply say, tank, tank, tank. When we get back, we'll dive into some numbers concerning the Thunder and the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And yes, the Thunder are in action tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. In a few hours, actually, I'm recording this at around 11 o'clock. God willing... No more internet snafus that I've been dealing with at my apartment over the over the weekend. Uh, I actually had to upload a podcast, uh, an OKC82 podcast from here on uh, Saturday. And let me tell you how difficult it was. <laughs> but hopefully this gets up around noon or 1 o'clock. But the Thunder do take on the Sixers tonight on the road in Philadelphia at 6 o'clock. And we've got some numbers for you. Everybody likes numbers. Numbers are cool. The Thunder are 20-2 and two against the Philadelphia 76ers all time, uh, obviously since the franchise came to Oklahoma City. And the Thunder have enjoyed a 10.3-point scoring differential in those 22 games. So domination. Now, of course, a lot of those wins came against the process 76ers, but nevertheless, still very impressive. The Thunder's .909 winning percentage against Philadelphia is the best in the NBA since 2008. So the Thunder have that going for them tonight. Both teams will be dealing with some key injuries. Uh, For Philadelphia, Matisse Theibel will be out still with a bone bruise, spraying his right knee. That happened in the last week of December. Uh, Matisse Theibel, if you don't remember who he is, he was probably next to Cameron Johnson next to Tyler Hero. A lot of Thunder fans is target for the draft, uh, this past draft in June. Matisse Thibel is your prototypical Sam Presti draft pick. Extremely long, extremely athletic, can't shoot worth a lick. Very good defender. Uh, in his short time in the NBA, he's shown that he is a very capable defender. But the Sixers will be without him. Everybody else is playing for the Sixers, so Madison Morris will be able to see her favorite player in the NBA, Joel Embiid, tonight. But the Thunder are going to be dealing with a very key injury. No Nerlens Noel tonight. Uh, he rolled his ankle third third quarter, I believe, or the fourth quarter the other night against the Cavs. Uh, did not look like he was enjoying himself as he was helped off the floor and walked into the tunnel. Um, the Thunder diagnosed it as a sprain. They didn't say if it was a high ankle sprain. They didn't grade the, the ankle sprain whatsoever. But they have since called up Justin Patton from the Oklahoma City Blue 
And because the Thunder play tomorrow night, I don't really anticipate New Orleans Noel playing tomorrow night either. Um, they'll have a few. They'll have a day off in between uh, playing Brooklyn. They'll have Wednesday off, and then they get the Rockets at home on Thursday, and then also the Lakers on Saturday. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting just to see because we all know how annoying ankle injuries are. But losing New Orleans Noel is, I mean, it, to me, it's important. New Orleans Noel has played very very well. Uh, over the last few weeks, and a lot of what Dennis Schroeder has been able to accomplish, you know, especially over the last month and a half or two of his superb play, a lot of it has kind of gone in hand with him, with him and Nerlens Nerlens Noel's chemistry. I mean that that pick and roll lob dunk, that pick and roll lob uh, lob dunk, it's worked to perfection more times than not. Nerlens Noel has also been the benefactor of some good uh, Chris Paul lobs. Uh, Nerlens is just he's he's. A, a good player and maybe I overrate him a little bit but he's a guy that I would want on my team especially coming off the bench Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how the Thunder are able to combat Philadelphia tonight because we all know a monster that Joel Embiid can be Steven Adams has fouled out defending him in the past but two years ago I believe that was in that triple overtime win that unnecessary triple overtime win on the road in Philadelphia but if there's one thing the Sixers don't have it's a competent bench. So if you're going to lose anybody for the night, if you're the Thunder and you're trying to win, you know you can you can maybe lose a bench player. It's just a shame that it's a it's a body that would be thrown up against uh, Joel Embiid. So it's going to be interesting to see. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast. When we join back tomorrow, we will be talking about a Thunder win or loss in Philadelphia and previewing. A game against the Kyrie Irvingless and Kevin Durantless Brooklyn Nets. I'm sure everybody's excited for that one. But everybody, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Thunder podcast. I really appreciate it. Follow me on Twitter at Brady Does Sports, and please give my article a read at thefranchiseok.com. I'm so excited for Wednesday's podcast. You all are going to be excited for it. It's going to be great. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.